0: known fact about my guest today. She was on a road trip with her husband when her phone rang and it was wicked on Broadway calling. She hadn't done the show in seven years, but they needed an Elphaba immediately. And somehow this woman got on a plane, did all the COVID testing, followed all the protocols. And after seven years, she jumped into that show and saved the day. Welcome Carla Stickler to the podcast. A-O-K. my guest today is Carla Stickler. Carla is a woman of many talents. She is currently a software engineer at G2 in Chicago, but she's also spent over 10 years performing in Broadway musicals, most notably Wicked. She's a world traveler, having performed the role of Liesl in the Sound of Music Asia tour and the role of Sophie Sheridan in Mamma Mia on the national tour throughout Canada and the United States. She's headlined as a guest entertainer on board Norwegian Cruise lines and Disney cruise lines. But as I am speaking her today with her today in January of 2022, um, Carla has just done the remarkable feat of not having performed in the Broadway musical Wicked for seven years. And in the time of this pandemic, uh, basically at the 11th hour, came in and saved the show um, by returning to the role of Elphaba, after a very long hiatus. She's receiving international coverage for this astounding, I say moment, but it's gonna be a significant experience in her life forever, I would imagine. Welcome, Carla. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So can you sort of um, tell this story while it's still all fresh and present day in your life, just hear like the tale from soup to nuts, as my dad would say. Wow, okay. So I guess I will start with
1: Sunday after Christmas. I, that's like, I think that's the, that's where this starts. Um, you know, I, and honestly, it almost starts the week before. You know, you've got all this crazy stuff going on with Broadway. You've got Hugh Jackman very publicly, just like calling out, the hard work that standbys and understudies and swings are currently doing on Broadway. And, you know, I, I was seeing all this kind of hubbub going on. And I was heading up to um, vacation with my husband and our dog and some friends up in northern Michigan, in the upper peninsula of northern Michigan. So, like, I don't know if you know Michigan, but that is, like, not a lot of things near there. You have, like, no reception. Um, and I was heading up to have this week off and, um, in the back of my mind, I had, I was, I was like, man, I wonder if they're going to call me at some point. Um, cause, cause while I haven't performed Alphaba, I have been in and out as like an emergency cover with the show for a long time. Um, I haven't, I've had few and far between rehearsals for Alphaba in that time, but it was always kind of like, just in case. Carla's great. She'll come in and she'll do the ensemble track and she'll just kind of hang out and be here if we need something. And nothing ever happened. Um, I was always in the ensemble, you know, helping out wherever I could. Um, and so I was like, I wonder if they're going to call me. Um, and lo and behold, they did in the middle of my drive to Michigan. Um, and I was like, my husband and I were sitting in the car and I had this moment where I, I was like, I think I have to do this. You know, I, I was like, I haven't really sung much in a while, but You know, after all of the stuff like that had been going on that I've been seeing, you know, um, about Broadway, I was like, I think I have to go. Like, I have to, I have to go do this. I was like, Are you okay with this? He's like, I think you should do this. You should absolutely do this. Um, I was like, Okay. um, Before we say yes, can we just like I gotta sing through everything in the car to make sure I can sing it?
0: Totally, totally.
1: So we put on some recordings and I sang through like all the big numbers and I was like, Cool all right, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> and, um, so I, we finished our drive and I flew to New York the next day. And, um, I, I had a, a hellish travel day because it was, you know, everything was being, was shut down and like my flights were delayed and canceled. And I got in just in time to watch the show. Um, Monday night I'd spent, they'd sent me the script. So I spent most of that awful travel day, just like reading through the script, you know, visualizing like, okay, where do I go? Like I had a list, I had the numbers. So I knew kind of like the stage numbers. I was like, okay, so this is this, I remember this, I remember this, this is great. Um, And so I got in, I watched the show Monday night and then I rehearsed all day Tuesday. I followed Alphaba around Tuesday night just to get all the entrances, exits, quick changes. And by Wednesday they were like, great, you're ready whenever we need you. And I was like, great. Okay. Um, And you know, at that point, because of the way that COVID is at the moment, um, you know, we're testing every morning. So there's no like guarantee for me, at least I was like, there's no guarantee I'm going to get to do this. You know, every time I've been in the show, I've, I haven't done it. You know, I've always, I've always kind of, it's always been like a, maybe it might happen. Um, but, you know, I, I, I try not to get ahead of myself. So I was like, you know, it might not happen. It's fine. I'm I'm here to provide coverage. Everybody's been working their butt off in this theater for, you know, the past few weeks, it's been a crazy schedule, you know, just been, people have been in and out. Um, and I was like, I want to respect everybody's space and let them do what they need to do. And if, if something happens, I'm here to help out. That's my only role right now. Um, as long and, and my other role is to like, stay healthy. <laughs> so I, you know, I doing my tests every day. And then um, I, I kind of had a feeling I was going to be on Saturday night, but again, I, I didn't I didn't want to get ahead of myself because I could still wake up Saturday morning and have a positive COVID test. And, you know, then I wouldn't be able to help out in the way that I was brought in to do. So um, I woke up that morning. I let them know and they were like, all right, great. We're going to do this. And so I spent Saturday just kind of, you know, sitting in my hotel room in the mirror, going through the show, um, walking through everything, putting the steam in my shower on high and singing through all the songs. Um, and, um, I hit a point where I was like, well, I know this, that's it. I can't, I can't like practice this anymore. I know the show. It is what it is it's going to be what it's going to be. I just need to trust that. And, um, got to the theater and everyone was just like, so supportive and so wonderful at the theater. Um, like, the dressers and my, the alphabet dresser. Oh, I I love her. Um, she just was so supportive. Like I would, I would come off stage. like, you got this. You're doing great. I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm just going to keep doing it. (laughs) Um, and all the other actors were just, everyone was just like cheering me on and they were so wonderful and they made me feel so welcome. And it was just like, it was just such a joy to get to relive that you know, to step back into Elphaba's shoes and to get to have that moment again. Um, it was really, it was a really wonderful thing for me to kind of close this chapter, I guess, of my life with Wicked, maybe. Who knows? I, I always say like, I, if I never do it again, that'd be fine. But then again, you know, who knows what will happen. Um, the world just works in very mysterious ways and my journey with Wicked has been bizarre. So, you know, I, I love to say I'm closing this chapter, but you know, you
0: never know. Okay. Okay, there is so much I need to unpack here with you. Um, I wanna start by saying what I should have said at the very beginning, which is congratulations. It's extraordinary what you did. And I think about all the little things that you just mentioned along the way, which is you have also been called to step in to various ensemble tracks. Over the years, which means that not only do you have Alphaba in your head, how many roles or tracks do you have in your mind right now that you could pop right. into in this show? Forget Alphaba, who's just one person. Like, how many? How many characters are in your head?
1: So, for Wicked, for this particular company, it's just three. So it's just Alphaba. I know Nessa Rose, and I know the ensemble. Elphaba I'm sorry, track. just three. <laughs> okay. Of course, and then. <laughs> There's also the, the first national tour. I know I know the, uh, the ensemble Elf of the track there, which is very different than the track here. I haven't done that one in a very long time, but there was like a weird point where I was in the Broadway company and I hadn't done the ensemble track in the touring company for like, oh gosh, at that point, I think it had been like three years. And they were like, can we fly you out to help cover just for two weeks during the holidays in LA? And I was like, okay, you know, I haven't done that track in a minute. They're like, it's okay. You'll figure it out. And I was like, okay. And so I went, I had like an afternoon of just like walking through the show on the stage. And then I was in the show that night and I was like,
0: so you're a student, you're a townsperson. Like, is that, is that literally what it is?
1: Yeah. The ensemble does a lot of, a lot of stuff in that show. Um, They, you are a, a shiz student. You are a mobster in the, you know in the opening um and the witch hunters and you're in Oz Dust and you dance like I dance a ton when I'm in those tracks. Um and I am not a dancer.
0: <laughs> okay, I don't I'm dancing, Okay.
1: I'm like a mover. I'm I'm giving yeah. you like mover quotes here. I'm a I'm a quote unquote mover um with just broken feet at this point. <laughs>
0: So this sort of idea of there being, you know, I've had so many incredible artists on this podcast who have played the green goddess um, that is Elphaba, and there is such a sisterhood uh, among this group of women. Um, because it is a very unusual role. Um, not only does it demand you to be spray-painted green every day, which means you're green in your life outside of the show, because um, how do you get it all off every day? Well, you don't, I guess. And and the vocal demands are extraordinary, Um And it's a very iconic part. And so there's a lot of pressure just stepping into the shoes of this, you know, Tony Award winning role. Right. There's so much that goes with it Um, and so much expectation for the audience going into it because they've listened to that, you know, cast recording over and over again. Right. There's this expectation um, that you either go with or let go of in terms of like what your take on this role is. And, and A, in watching like all these clips that are glorious to find on YouTube, you, of course you have like the most extraordinary pipes and you sing this role so beautifully. But I feel like there's a way in which you have inhabited this character that is very unique to you. And I just respect and love that so much that you are able to find a way to be so fully yourself in the part even though the song is the song and people know what the song is um so your your beautiful acting skills come so forward in in what I've gotten to see of you doing this part but this idea that they're all of like this army of people who have been in Wicked at some point in their lives and continue to be a part of the show I don't think people realized until you kind of this story of you taking over this part sort of took off that this is a thing like this wasn't the first time something like this happened. This is a high profile example of it. Um, so, so explain this idea of sort of being, it's like you're a doctor on call or something. Um, <laughs>
1: That's a really weird and wonderful way to put
0: it. <laughs> you are, you are going to, you know, you are a doctor saving the show that night. So explain how that all works and what the expectation is.
1: You know, I think the the first thing I want to just kind of say is I want to I want to give a shout out to Jenny Denoya. Um during all of this, I, she's our she's our standby right now. And Jenny is one of god what a powerhouse. I mean, girl has been just in the show for like fifteen years and she has come in, she has played Alphaba. She was a swing, she was a dance captain, she was um, she was an understudy, she was a standby, she has played every I mean, she is one of the most remarkable women um who has played the role of Alphaba, I think. I think she's almost maybe the longest running Alphaba soon to be, but um, you know, she, especially during this holiday season, has just been in that role and, and taking on so much. And I am, I am just so in awe of her. And, you know, I, for me, especially getting to come in this season to help her, like, you know, to give her some relief because I know she's been just working her butt off so hard. And so I just want to So she her...
0: was already going on. Yes. Multiple times as the currently cast Alphaba who is mm-hmm. Who is currently the the Uh, playboy? Lindsay Lindsay Pierce. Lindsay Pierce. So Lindsay Pierce has been out sick. She has been taking over for her. Does she just cover Alphabet now?
1: Yeah, she's a standby currently. Okay,
0: okay. Which means for people who don't understand the difference between standby, understudy, cover, and all of that, she doesn't do anything else in the show except Mm -hmm. go on for Elphaba if necessary. But it sounds like always, not just this moment, is what's really Mm -hmm. interesting. Like the idea that, well, let's go back to your story because Mm -hmm. you were doing musical theater, that was your passion for a long time um, what was your first what was your broadway debut um so actually wicked was my broadway
1: debut yeah um i i was on the tour and then i came to new york i i had been in new york but um i was out on tour a lot um so wicked was wicked did end up being my broadway debut
0: and was it in the role of alphabet or were you did you debut was, in it was the understudy,
1: so okay. I was a full-time member. Um, when I was a full-time member in the company, I was an understudy for Alphabet. So I was the the third cover, second wait, Alphaba, standby understudy. So I was the second cover. And did you ever uh, go
0: on as Alphabet during that I did. run?
1: Okay. yeah, I was really, you know, I was really fortunate. I went on a ton, um, you know, not to say, it, you know, weird things happen. I, I as an understudy, there's this very bizarre feeling where you're you don't want to wish ill on anybody because I have so much love and respect for all of the girls that I've ever covered. And, um, you know, every time you go on, there's this, this feeling of like, Oh, I, I, I love these people. I'm, I'm sad that they can't do the show because I know they're working so hard to do the show, but also like, I'm really excited that I get to do the show. Um, so it's, it's always, it's like a mixed bag of emotions. You know, you, I, I, I always like to give the alphabas as much space as I can because I know what they're doing eight shows a week is just so demanding. Um, and so while I was really fortunate that I got to go on a lot during the time that I was an understudy, you know, it's, it's still, it's always such a weird thing to be excited about that because you know that if you, if I'm the second understudy going on, that means there are two people who are either... Doing, something is going on in their lives that they can't come in and do their job. And so there's this very strange thing at play where you you want to be excited about it, but also you want to give those people the respect that they deserve for what they're doing. Um, so it's hard, you know, I think, and because of the nature of that, it's it's hard to be very public about what you're doing, you know? And I think under studies and standbys and swings, you know, we we don't really get that opportunity to kind of get that acknowledgement for what we're doing because there is so much discussion around the person who isn't doing it as opposed to the person who is doing it. and so i think and because because of that it's hard to it's hard to want to put on display when you do go on, you know, it's hard to like throw it all over the internet and talk about it because you don't want to you don't want to bring attention to the things that aren't happening you know the person that isn't there doing it. That's and,
0: such... and is the production sort of is that sort of an understanding like if you take on this part from sort of the the powers that be that that we're not trying to um announce when these things are happening and that it stays private or is this more an unspoken thing among the the covers or understudies I should say in the show. You know, I think um without getting too deep into it because I'm not
1: really sure if I really want to go in that direction but you know I, I wicked is a very very protective of the show obviously you know it's a very big show and yeah um, i I understand I understand that you know I think they have a lot of people that love the show and come to see the show and um, and i I do understand that feeling. Uh, when you go to see a show and you think you're seeing something and you get that understudy slip the majority of people don't don't know what that means all right. they know is oh i'm not seeing the person that i thought i was going to see huh even if they don't know that person do you know what i mean I even, yes. If, yes. even if that person isn't Hugh Jackman or Patty LaBonte right Got like yeah. they, they don't under, they i don't know if they fully understand what that piece of paper means that somebody else is going to be going on for that role and so because of that, I, I get that there's like this feeling that we don't want to really blast that out there. Right. Because, you know, makes it makes sense. A business. Yep. you got to sell tickets and you yep. want people to come to the show. And um, and yeah, it's it's an interesting, it's a really interesting but
0: thing. But I think, well, first of all, when you first started with Wicked, was social media sort of a thing the way it is now? I don't know how long ago you first not began as, the journey.
1: Not quite the way that it is now. Um you know, I I can't speak for most shows, but um, you know, there are there are things that can and cannot be posted publicly. Right. Um, you know, and I, I think that's I don't think that's rare for some shows. I think some shows they just they they really want you to kind of keep some of that stuff protected and private. And I get that. Um. And so yeah, when I first started the show, there was not like. I don't have a massive Instagram following or Twitter following because I wasn't, I wasn't really posting about being in the show when I was in the show full time. Um, And, you know, it's kind of exploded since I left the show full time in 2015. Um, You know, I have friends who have like thousands and thousands of Instagram followers and things because of the show. And I see my friends in Hamilton, you know, and they're posting all these things. And I'm like, that's cool. Like what, I'm really excited for them to have that. But that was not really yeah my journey.
0: Yeah. But that's what's so exciting about this moment and sort of the news outlets catching on to your story. And I don't know how that happened or sort of, you know, how that colliding of like facts and the moment and you and all of that happened. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think not only is it incredible just because your story is so fabulous, but also I think it really may change the landscape of people's understanding that today's understudy or cover is, you know, tomorrow's Sutton Foster, right? Like who, oh, absolutely. who literally took over for Kristen and Thoroughly Modern Millie and, and stayed. And mm-hmm. now we all know who she is. So I think if it can dispel this mythology that some people are better in a role than others, I think that's a fantastic thing because I think we are all learning as people who love the theater um, and people who are in the theater that there is no one on that stage at any moment who isn't one of the most extraordinarily talented people on the planet. And that includes like every shiz you know, and every flying monkey, like it doesn't matter. Like today's flying monkey is tomorrow's Fierro. Like you just have no idea. And so that's what I love about this story. There's kind of two parts to it. One, shining a light on all these extraordinary people and trying to get rid of labels, like what we are called in the Mm -hmm. show. Like you're just Alphaba, and you're the Alphaba going on that night. And there are so many countries that triple cast shows like that's how they got through the pandemic I mean literally and you know in South Korea like I there's just so many countries who have always kind of shied away from some idea of like the star casting and just having lots of incredible people do these parts and tell this story but the idea that you were able I mean, in Wicked, there's not just singing. You speak words as well, right? Like there's a script. This isn't an it's opera. There's like an acting, it's acting. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying, So it wasn't just remembering the songs and blocking and dances. I mean, like y- you remembered all of that. There were
1: a few things that I did not remember. So tell I me, did totally were there honest. any
0: glitches <laughs> on the night? Did anything go wrong? Not that the audience would know, but like you know what, what did happen? I I got to
1: I got to say, I'm really proud of that Saturday night. I I I think that might be my best show I've ever done. Yes. Um I did not mess anything up. It was it was remarkable because of that, I think, because I I just there's this like, there's like the, the two show slump sometimes when you do it the second time and things go wrong. Like the second, the second time I went on, there was so much fog during No Good Deed. I was like, I can't see the stage. And I don't do this every night. So without the stage markers and the numbers, I don't know where to go. Right. So I was just like, I hope I'm in the right place. I I'm close um, yeah, because you know, you when you cover, you're like you're really relying on those visual cues of yeah. like, okay, I go to I go to the number six with this weird great on the stage. I can't see them. them. But you know, Saturday night though, it was just I don't know. It was like the stars aligned and everything worked out as it should. There were there there are some scenes in the show which is really funny that there's a lot of like very quick back and forth dialogue. And that was the thing. I was just, I remember sitting with the stage manager and her and I were just like firing them off back and forth. Just so I was like, just like I was like, I have to get this back in my mouth. I don't like yeah. it's just so fast. And if you miss those, it just becomes kind of a messy, messy cluster of of words being thrown out by a bunch of different people on stage. And so I spent so much time just like like going over those moments in my head because I was like, I really want those. Those are those like high intense moments and you want to make sure that those happen correctly. Um, those Did were my. Did you series.
0: ever rehearse with a cast member before going on?
1: Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it was me and a stage manager and, um, a dance captain.
0: Did you ever so, run through the whole show?
1: Yes, we ran through the whole show. Um, from beginning to end, you know, we stopping and kind of fixing a couple things, but it was just me and the stage manager. It was just like her and me just like, and like a dance captain, like helping me with like the alphabet dance just to make sure that I remembered it. And, um, and then our, our amazing stage manager, just going through playing all the roles for me.
0: (laughs) So I want to go back to the thing that, you know, we keep we keep hearing about and reading about is that you had sort of left your career as an actress, Mm -hmm. you made a decision. um, And so when I read your bio, I described you as a software engineer at G2 in Chicago. So I have a couple of questions. You said you live there with your husband and your dog. Um, Has your husband seen you? Did you know each other while you were still Mainly a performer. He has never seen me play Alphabet. Okay. So, this is so <laughs> crazy. It's, it's like, it's like you're, you know, you're like in a Marvel movie and you are a superhero and he doesn't know that you're Spider Man. He just thinks that you're is. Peter Parker. He has no idea. Okay. Well, so. he knew I was a performer.
1: I mean, yes. you know, we've been together for, he and I met about six months after I left the company full time. Um, and when we met, um, I was doing a show on Norwegian cruise lines. Mm -hmm. Um, I was headlining my own show and I, it was a very unique, weird thing where on the ship, the ship goes out of New York every Sunday to the Bahamas and that would come back on Sunday. And so every like Wednesday or Thursday I would fly to the Bahamas and I would meet the ship there and I would hop on and I would cruise with them back. And Saturday night I would do two 45 minute sets with me and a band and I would just like, sing a bunch of Broadway songs. And I met him on that cruise because he was working for Second City. They had a show on that cruise. Um, and he and I met there. And so he'd seen my show. Like he'd seen like my, he'd seen me talk about being in Wicked. Um, he, he came and saw me do Nessa Rose when I randomly went on in 2018 for Nessa after not having played Nessa since 2013. So that
0: equally. Was a <laughs> Bananas, right? yeah, equally like, banana. bananas.
1: Yeah, they were like, "You, we need you as a Nessa cover this time," and I was like, "Cool, I haven't played it since 2013." They're like, "That's fine, you'll be fine." I was like, "Great," <laughs> and you were, so, yeah. And so he he's seen me do Nessa, okay. um, but he'd never he's never seen Alpha. But he and I have been talking about it a bunch this week, and he was like, "Oh, I wish I could have been there," and you know, I I think. We just didn't really know what this week was going to be like. And with COVID and,
0: And you know, I didn't want
1: him like flying in here. And I was, I've just been doing so much. I was like, it might just be too much if you try to come out. And so he, he didn't come out, but you know, um, I've been sending him like all the stuff and the videos that have kind of been floating around. So he's had like an opportunity to see all that stuff, which is great. Okay. So you met
0: on a cruise line. Yes. You were still performing your well, own was, show, but kind of thinking about what's next or what would so give
1: you joy? I, I left the show in 2015, actually to go to grad school. Um, I, I love, I love Wicked. I love the show. I love performing. But after doing eight shows a week, nonstop for five and a half years, I just like my body was breaking down. I, I was just like having a bunch of health issues and mm-hmm. I was really just exhausted all the time. I was like, I need... I need a break. I need to figure out what else I can do because I don't think I can sustain this for the rest of my life. Um, And, you know, I was like in my early 30s and I was just like, what else can I do? So I went, I actually went to NYU and I got a master's in theater education because I had been kind of teaching um, around with the um, theater, the Educational Theater Association. I had been doing a bunch of master classes with high school kids and working with all these thespian groups and it's like, I really love teaching. So I went back and did that. Um, and I taught at Marymount Manhattan at a cap 21 as a voice teacher on their faculty. And I was, I was kind of running my own voice studio, but I was just like still so tired. I was like, mm. I'm still hustling. I'm, you know, I love teaching, but for me, um, you know, I love a masterclass, but having a full roster of voice students, college students, I love them all dearly, but it's a, it is, it is, it takes a, it's a heavy role when you're a voice teacher, you hold a lot when your students come in, you know, they, they don't just come in to sing, you know, if, if they're having a day, they come in and they bring all those emotions in and it's a lot, there's a lot that goes with being a voice teacher. And I am, I am a very empathetic person and that I I absorb a lot of that. And so I was, I was like, I'm also really tired. I love teaching, but I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if this is the answer for me. Um, and a friend of mine who had been a songwriter, like showed up at my birthday party in 2018 and was like, I'm I'm a software engineer now. And I was like, What? <laughs> He's like, Yeah, I like did this coding boot camp and I learned to code and I love it and it's so interesting. And I was like, I need you to tell me everything about that. That sounds fascinating. Um, and I just—it was a thing that I had never even considered until he said it out loud, and all of a sudden I could not stink, i could not stop thinking about it. I like wow. went home and I started teaching myself to code online. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! This is so creative!" And like, I'm I'm writing this thing, and it's like appearing on on the web page, on the website, and my browser, and like, what is happening? This is so cool! It's so so you picked
0: up that language really easily, or were you always like a tech savvy? Like no, you're a geeky gosh, no. person. No, okay. I, you know, I, I,
1: I, I'm an artist, right? Like, I, I throw pottery and I do a lot of other things. I'm um, a creative person. I think uh, I like to think, <laughs> and so like it just kind of touched on this like creative side of me that was like really accessible because I was like, well, I have a computer mm-hmm. and I. And that is something I can work on really easily, you know, with pottery, like I have to go to a pottery studio and I have to pay a lot of money to go to a pottery studio. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I can do this for free on my computer. How cool. Um, so I just like really fell into it. And then um, I went to the Flatiron School in 2019 to do their coding boot camp.
0: And over is that summer.
1: in New York City? So they do have, um, they do have one in person in New York city, but they also have an online program and they have a bunch of other in person all over the country. Um, and so I did that. I worked for them like part-time as like a coach for their online program. Um, I had like one last performing gig I was working on right when the pandemic hit, I was trying, I was like, I really, I've been working on a show for a long time and I wanted to kind of see it through to its first production before I really fully committed to my software engineering life. And so I had like this last show I was working on, um, this beautiful show, Otherworld, that Hunter Bell and Jeff Bowen and Anne McNamee have been working on. Um, I've been doing readings with them since 2016. And I was just like building this beautiful show. And I was like, I just, I have to do this one thing. Um, and then we we went to go do it at Bucks County and we got one show on March what was it? Friday the 13th, March 13th, 2020. We did one show for an audience of just friends and family because we couldn't have anybody come. And then we all went home the next day. And it was just one of the saddest things yeah. um, what a in man. my life. It was just yes. like, was just this not. they're actually in rehearsals right now to do the show in Delaware, which I'm so thrilled for them. Um, I'm sad that I can't be with it right now, but um, I plan on going to see it and supporting all of them. And Cause I, I just kind of knew I was like, this is, I really, I really want to commit to this other part of my life. Um, and so. Right. I, and
0: they keep dragging yeah. you back in. I mean, you have to like, <laughs> like really yeah. say I do this now.
1: Yes. It's hard to say that, you know, I think like, especially cause performing is such a big part of who I am. Um, and I I've spent a lot of time trying to kind of remove being a performer from my identity um, I sometimes I'm like I don't really know if that's healthy to like really have this thing that I love to do fully define who I am. Mm-hmm. So I've I've spent a lot of time seeking out other things that can also be a part of my life because I think when you when you have the thing you do for a living be the thing that defines you it it hurts a lot when you don't get to do it. Right, and I was just tired of kind of carrying around a lot of that hurt. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I need to kind of, lev- I need to remove this for a little bit so I can kind of have and now, a my life.
0: Do you have a full-time job mm-hmm. as a software engineer? Yeah, so I've actually been working this week. Okay, while you're doing all this, yeah, let's just yeah. fold that into the story. You're also yeah. responsible for other things. And so yes. like, what is that? What are you designing or what are you doing? What, what? have your skills so quickly. This is less two years since you started this online coding thing at home. Um, yeah. And now you have a job doing it. I do.
1: It's it's crazy. It's um, I work for this amazing company in Chicago. Um, I started there this, uh, this summer. Um, I had worked for another company during the pandemic, not as a software engineer, just at a tech company. Um, it was very hard to find engineering jobs right when the world Mm -hmm. shut down. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, well, I need to do something and I want to get into tech. So I took this really great job as a success associate at this really cool company bubble. Um, and I loved working for them, but you know, when I moved to Chicago, I was like, I really want to be a software engineer. And so I found that I got this job and, um, I, you know, we, we maintain their site. Like I, I build little, I, lo- I work on features and right now I'm working on this whole ADA compliance thing just to like make the site accessible, um, which has actually really been such a great thing to work on. Cause I'm really, you know, um, I'm really excited about being able to make the internet more accessible for other people, you yeah. know, not just people who are, you know, able-bodied who can see and hear. And, um, so that's been really exciting to work on. Um, And, you know, it's also being in tech is great because I get get weekends off. I get evenings off. I, you know, I really like my coworkers. My company gave me the week off between Christmas and New Year's, which is like crazy. It would never happen in the theater. like
0: I also need another week off because I'm starring in a Broadway show. Is that... Okay. You know, I
1: tried I tried to take this week off. Or I tried not to take this week off. I worked a few days. Today I I finally my manager is a wonderful wonderful man and he and I had a chat and he's like, "Carla, if you need to take some time right now." Oh, they that. know. If like, okay.
0: they, <laughs> yeah. they know what's happening. <laughs> she is just remarkable. Um what is your favorite part when you play that role? What what favorite moment in the show or what are the 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 kind of like sparkly i love doing this i'm breathing i'm present Mm. okay so i think there are two
1: um one it is not a sparkly moment but i love no good deed i think it is the best song in the show um i love singing it i love it is like that moment where you get to just throw a tantrum on stage and you get to just really sing like it's it's like you get to just kind of lay into your voice and lay into all those emotions and just like feel everything in front of a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, my other favorite, even with moment. fog,
0: even if you can't see yeah. where you are, doesn't matter. Yes,
1: even even <laughs> with fog, even when you don't know where you are, it's still, there's just so much in that song. Um, and my other favorite is, um, the wizard and I, I think it's, for an understudy, it is such a well-placed song in the show. You know you the show starts, you run out on stage, everybody's laughing at you. you get to channel all of that nervous energy into screaming at them. And then this magical thing happens and you get to sing the song that is just full of excitement and nerves and wonder and hope and all these weird emotions that you're kind of already feeling and you just kind of get to channel them into that song. Um, and it's, it's just a really grounding, wonderful thing to get to do, um, at the top of the show. And I love it. I just, I, I, it's always a thing that makes me feel like I'm like, okay,
0: this is where I am. I'm in my body now. Let's do the show. Julia Murney was on and she was saying, no matter what you think about Wicked, just from an aesthetic perspective, or if it's for you or not for you, or if you're not someone who particularly loves, you know that kind of musical. She's like, I I defy any person to watch the show and not be moved by for good. Like there's just something mm, yes. about that song. That's that is like,
1: my third favorite moment of yes, the
0: show. <laughs> you're, unless you're a monster, right? Like there's just, yes. you know, um, that's what I was going to ask. Is there something really satisfying about that particular duet and that song for you? Yes.
1: Um, you know, it's a funny, it, there's a funny thing that happens in that song where when you rehearse it, it's it feels it feels a little cheesy because you're just kind of standing there with another person staring at them. Um, <laughs> but then you get on stage and you're in the middle of all of that. And I the amount of times that I've gotten choked up during that moment, you know, like where you're you you've have both kind of gone through the journey of the show together and you're you're both exhausted and joyful and and sad and there's just like so much so much happening in that moment um and you have this moment of stillness with this person on stage um and it's just it's a really lovely moment to kind of touch base with glinda that i love like um jenna claire who was my glinda this weekend was just so lovely to get to sing that song with because also like i never sung with her before and and then to have this moment with her and and get to connect with her and during it was just really, really lovely and beautiful. And just such a nice way to kind of wrap up the show um, to get to have. And, you know, I think for me, there's that line. And now whatever, um, what is it? Um, Oh my gosh. I can't remember any of the words of the song right now. Isn't
0: that hilarious? Um, If our story
1: ends, um, I know like, it's like, and now whatever way our story ends, I know you have rewritten mine by being my friend. It's like this whole idea that like, this may never happen again. And I think for me as an understudy, like every time I sing this song, I'm like, this may never happen again. Like it really may never happen again. And I, and it always, like, even now it gets me choked up. Like, I think it's, it's such a, it's such a beautiful way to kind of finish the show.
0: Yeah. Well, I am not a psychic, but I play one on TV. Um, (laughs) I can't imagine after all of this, this might not happen again, unless you decide you really want to like put it to bed this time. It may be up to you to decide because I know Mm -hmm. you're still on a list of like emergency, you know, in case of emergency. Um, and, and there are, is the national tour back on?
1: Uh, yeah, they've been, they've been back up. Um, I mean, you know, they've also been having a lot of the same things that have been going on here. My friend messaged me during all this she's like I just went out to the tour to cover Nessa Rose I haven't played Nessa Rose in forever
0: she's like I didn't go on but it was so much fun just to be back and to be in that world again and yeah Yeah. I mean I do feel like there's something and for you just to go back to a time like pre-marriage and pre this whole other thing and sort of tap into the original dream Mm -hmm. Right. Like this little girl whose grandmother was an opera singer and you've been studying Mm -hmm. and working so hard your entire life. You could not have written like if this was a movie, what a like, what a satisfying ending to the film. Mm -hmm. Right. Like with the crowd screaming and and then, you know, news coverage, like all this stuff, like you had that that star moment. I mean, you've had many, but that was like a really bigger than life. Um, shared by so many people who got so invested in your experience and felt so proud, like to live on a planet where someone like you is and can kind of Mm -hmm. run in and, you know, um, not just do it, but be glorious.
1: I think the thing that I found the most interesting about all of this is that, you know, I I put up that, that post on Twitter, just like about, I hope some, you know, little girl sees this and realizes that she can be in math and be in science, but also like love art and music and want to do both. And God, it like chokes me up thinking about it just because I've had so many people reach out to me and like Mm -hmm. send me messages about their story and like, and that they, you know, they're like, I'm a mechanical engineer and I also do community theater and, or, you know, like I, I work in marketing and I, and I play the violin and, And I, and people being like, just like, I feel seen for the first time, you know, people are always telling me that I need to pick one or the other. And, and I think it's just been so inspiring to see how many people have kind of latched onto that and connected with it during all of this. Um, I think that's, that's the part of it that I'm just so interested by, you know, I'm so interested in this idea that um, we can be, we can be, we, we don't have to just be defined by one thing. Um, I have this wonderful friend, Christina Wallace, who did this um, talk on the idea of the human Venn diagram, that we can live at the intersection of math and science and art and music and, you know, as women, motherhood, maybe in the future or whatever else, you know, we want to be. And I think there is space to live in that that little intersection moment. Like we can be all these things, you know, maybe they don't all happen at the exact same time, but I think there is space to, to be fluid in your career, you know, Um, to find moments that are different parts of yourself. And I, and I just, I love that. And I think, you know, like you said, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to continue performing. I think I had kind of made peace with, that if this never happens again, you know, like, I think I feel content, but, you know, I think one thing, like if I'm going to, if I'm going to say it, maybe I should live it, you know, like if, if I can be, if I can find a way to be these things and find a way to have them all kind of coexist, maybe that's something that I need to start thinking about. And I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what it looks like. You know, I know, I know that I was able to change careers. I know I was able to find the power in myself to do something completely different. Um, but maybe I can do both, you know, maybe there's space for that. And I don't know what that looks like. I, I'm excited to figure that out. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I have a lot of life left to live. And I think that's the thing that I'm really excited about to just see what that looks like.
0: Before I let you go, is there a little known fact about you that you can share?
1: Unknown fact about me, um, yeah, I throw pottery. I love, I love ceramics. I have a, I have a bizarre dream that I'm going to like retire to the Southwest and just like have a beautiful garage that I like leave the doors open all day. And I just throw pots all day.
0: <laughs> well, based on all you've accomplished and all the ways you've been able to pivot and change lanes and make space for all of your dreams and creativity, I can't wait to come visit you. Uh, in New Mexico, and look in your garage and see what you have going on. Carla, thank you so much for being on the show today. What a dream to get to talk to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. It was really nice to get to talk to you, too.
0: A OK. One more thing. So many of you have asked, how do you donate to the podcast? Well, it could not be easier. Just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com slash donations. Instructions are clearly laid out, and I'm so grateful to you in advance for any donation you choose to make. But regardless, I have loved, loved, loved making the previous 200 and something episodes for you. I can't wait to make 200 more. I wish you a beautiful day. Stay healthy. Be safe. Until next time. Clouds can make the wind blow. Bugs can make the grass grow. So, there you go. These are Little Known Facts that now, you know. The episode was edited by Nicholas Klar. We recorded in New York City. The Little Known Facts theme song was written and sung by Georgia Famusa, with backup vocals by Caleb Famusa.